chapter three seventeen of gargantua and pantagruel book three by francois rabelais this librivox recording is in the public domain how panurge spoke to the sibyl of panzust their voyage was three days journeying on the third whereof was shown unto them the house of the vaticinatrice standing on the nap or top of a hill under a large and spacious walnut tree without great difficulty they entered into that straw-thatched cottage scurvily built naughtily movable and all besmoked it matters not quoth epistemon heraclitus the grand scotist and tenebrous darksome philosopher was nothing astonished at his introit into such a coarse and paltry habitation for he did usually show forth unto his sectators and disciples that the gods made as cheerfully their residence in these mean homely mansions as in sumptuous magnific palaces replenished with all manner of delight pomp and pleasure i withal do really believe that the dwelling-place of the so famous and renowned hecate was just such another petty cell as this is when she made a feast therein to the valiant theseus and that of no other better structure was the cot or cabin of hyreus or enopion wherein jupiter neptune and mercury were not ashamed all three together to harbour and sojourn a whole night and there to take a full and hearty repast for the payment of the shot they thankfully pissed orion they finding the ancient woman at a corner of her own chimney epistemon said she is indeed a true sibyl and the lively portrait of one represented by the gry caminoi of homer the old hag was in a pitiful bad plight and condition in matter of the outward state and complexion of her body the ragged and tattered equipage of her person in the point of accoutrement and beggarly poor provision of fare for her diet and entertainment for she was ill apparelled worse nourished toothless blear-eyed crook-shouldered snotty her nose still dropping and herself still drooping faint and pithless whilst in this woefully wretched case she was making ready for her dinner porridge of wrinkled green coal warts with a bit skin of yellow bacon mixed with a twice before cooked sort of waterish unsavoury broth extracted out of bare and hollow bones epistemon said by the cross of a groat we are to blame nor shall we get from her any response at all for we have not brought along with us the branch of gold i have quoth panurge provided pretty well for that for here i have it within my bag in the substance of a gold ring accompanied with some fair pieces of small money no sooner were these words spoken when panurge coming up towards her after the ceremonial performance of a profound and humble salutation presented her with six neat's tongues dried in the smoke a great butter-pot full of fresh cheese a baraccio furnished with good beverage 
and a ram's cod stored with single pence newly coined at last he with a low courtesy put on her medical finger a pretty handsome golden ring whereinto was right artificially encased a precious toadstone of boasts this done in few words and very succinctly did he set open and expose unto her the motive reason of his coming most civilly and courteously entreating her that she might be pleased to vouchsafe to give him an ample and plenary intelligence concerning the future good luck of his intended marriage the old trot for a while remained silent pensive and grinning like a dog then after she had set her withered breech upon the bottom of a bushel she took into her hands three old spindles which when she had turned and whirled betwixt her fingers very diversely and after several fashions she pried more narrowly into by the trial of their points the sharpest whereof she retained in her hand and threw the other two under a stone trough after this she took a pair of yarn windles which she nine times unintermittedly veered and frisked about then at the ninth revolution or turn without touching them any more maturely perpending the manner of their motion she very demurely waited on their repose and cessation from any further stirring in sequel whereof she pulled off one of her wooden pattens put her apron over her head as a priest uses to do his amiss when he is going to sing mass and with a kind of antique gaudy party-coloured string knit it under her neck being thus covered and muffled she whiffed off a lusty good draught out of the baraccio took three several pence forth of the ramcod fob put them into so many walnut shells which she set down upon the bottom of a feather-pot and then after she had given them three whisks of a broom besom athwart the chimney casting into the fire half a bavin of long heather together with a branch of dry laurel she observed with a very hush and coy silence in what form they did burn and saw that although they were in a flame they made no kind of noise or crackling din hereupon she gave a most hideous and horribly dreadful shout muttering betwixt her teeth some few barbarous words of a strange termination this so terrified panurge that he forthwith said to epistemon the devil mince me into a gala moffry if i do not tremble for fear i do not think but that i am now enchanted for she uttereth not her voice in the terms of any christian language o oh, look i pray you how she seemeth unto me to be by three full spans higher than she was when she began to hood herself with her apron what meaneth this restless wagging of her slouchy chaps what can be the signification of the uneven shrugging of her halchy shoulders to what end doth she quaver with her lips like a monkey in the dismembering of a lobster my ears through horror glow ah how they tingle i think i hear the shrieking of proserpina the devils are breaking loose to be all here oh the foul ugly and deformed beasts let us run away by the hook of god i am like to die for fear i do not love the devils they vex me and are unpleasant fellows now let us fly and betake us to our heels farewell gammer thanks and gramercy for your goods i will not marry no believe me i will not 
i fairly quit my interest therein and totally abandon and renounce it from this time forward even as much as at present with this as he endeavoured to make an escape out of the room the old crone did anticipate his flight and make him stop the way how she prevented him was this whilst in her hand she held the spindle she flung out to a backyard close by her lodge where after she had peeled off the barks of an old sycamore threes several times she very summarily upon eight leaves which dropped from thence wrote with the spindle point some curt and briefly couched verses which she threw into the air then said unto them search after them if you will find them if you can the fatal destinies of your marriage are written in them no sooner had she done thus speaking than she did withdraw herself unto her lurking hole where on the upper seat of the porch she tucked up her gown her coats and smock as high as her armpits and gave them a full inspection of the nakendro which being perceived by panurge he said to epistemon god's bodikins i see the sibyl's hole she suddenly then bolted the gate behind her and was never since seen any more they jointly ran in haste after the fallen and dispersed leaves and gathered them at last though not without great labour and toil for the wind had scattered them amongst the thorn bushes of the valley when they had ranged them each after other in their due places they found out their sentence as it is metrified in this octostitch thy fame upheld properly as corrected by ozel thy fame will be shelled by her i trow even so so and she with child of thee no thy good end suck she shall and flay thee friend but not all end of chapter three seventeen